Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 526 of the JV Club with my boy of summer, Carl Tart. Uh, Carl is a phenomenal improviser and writer, comedian, actor, and um, just all-around great dude that I have known. I guess maybe I first met him through Paul F. Tompkins, our own, our, our own beloved Paul F. He is amazing. He's kind of an improv hero of mine, and I'm so glad that he was able to join the podcast. I'm sure many, if not all of you, are familiar with Carl's work. So please enjoy this episode. I hope everyone is having a happy and safe, not too hot summer. I guess I say that every single Boys of Summer episode, don't I? want me to like if you want to get back on later on your other computer just to record some industrial music um i will happily record that (laughs) share it with you and we could start a pretty amazing band that dang on industrial music so i have a friend who likes to go to after hour spots like especially Mm -hmm. on his birthday Mm -hmm. and we'll always go just because you know it's his birthday and we'll go and they're always playing this like industrial music and Uh i don't i'm not here to yuck anybody's yum Right. But that is just such an uncomfortable sound. Like every time, like for me <laughs> yeah. personally, it's just like, I don't like, I'll stay for like an hour. Yeah. And be like, I got to go. I got to go home. I got to go home and go to sleep. Like It's definitely, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of music that I think is doing exactly what it's supposed to do to me. But I guess that's, but like, cause you know, if you listen to like Norwegian death metal, I don't think anybody's like, how soothing. Like I could just yeah. fall asleep to this. <laughs> And so when I say something like that, it's so uncomfortable. It makes me feel like I'm being tortured and I want to punch someone. They're like, exactly. Exactly. That's like, what I want. It's mean. working for you. And then, yeah. And a certain, I feel, I feel like there was an era when like I discovered, I like late discovered like Depeche Mode's version of industrial, which is like run through a super cute synthesizer, you know, and like made the stick very, very accessible and very cute. Like, Is, oh, that, is that what type of music they made? Well, no, <laughs> I oh. mean, they're even more, I mean, they're very like, you know, they're very pop, but there was a period of time in which like they, I think they were like sampling a little bit of kind of more industrial stuff. And mm-hmm. so, uh, but it, again, it was like, you know, the like, Ooh, oh, shh, we're industrial for right now kind of <laughs> thing. And, uh, and I, I do feel like I thought uh, I was like, I guess I'm hard now. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. If you could choose what music was playing at the club when you spent your uh, after hours birthday with your for, for his birthday, what would you most want? Uh, I, I mean, I got to be cliche about it, but I'd want the latest hip hop, the yeah. latest hip hop yeah. and R&B like that's. That's just, you know, comforting and like, yeah. or like, honestly, like the classics, like, yeah. I, I want to hear the classics. I want to hear, I want to hear pop stuff that, that time of night. Cause I want to keep partying. Yeah. Like if I'm going to be up, if I'm going to be at the club at three o'clock in the morning, I want to be partying. I don't want to be like, this is making me want to go to bed. And I came out here to <laughs> stay up late and this is making me want to go, you know what? Let me just go home. Are people dancing to industrial uh, stuff or is it are. just like, it's there? It's they like are that. dancing to it. And it's like, yeah. come on, like, what are you dancing to? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, like, I, I hope nobody, somebody's going to listen to this and be like, how dare you? How dare you talk about? I'll tell you what. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the majority of people who listen to my dorky podcast are possibly not the ones who are like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's the true music. 
But I do appreciate that it exists. I mean, I'm not gonna be. I, I feel the same as you. I'm not. I'm not looking to harsh anyone's buzz, yuck anyone's yeah. yum, unless your yum is saying yuck anyone's yum, which it might be for you. In which case, <laughs> shame on you. But yeah. there's certain. There's just certain stuff where, and they know people who listen to like hardcore music are like they i think you know in the same way that if you like super 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 spicy food or you know any other number of like what yeah. would be considered extreme things you're like i know not everybody's into this and that's yes right. exactly and i do like super spicy stuff and i know that everybody can't handle that i'm tougher you're just, you're simply i don't mean to make anyone feel less strong than me but i am tougher <laughs> yeah <laughs> what uh what do you are you an across the board spicy uh, food eater like do you love it as spicy indian spicy mexican spicy thai like because you know some people are like i can handle spicy mexican food but for some reason that doesn't translate to like spicy chinese food or spicy thai food uh it, i'm across the board yeah. whatever it is i'm adding hot sauce to it now the yeah. the, the flavor of the hot sauce is going to range mm-hmm. with with across sure. the board so sure. if i'm eating if i'm eating italian food yeah. They don't really like they'll make they'll red, red red pepper flakes and stuff like that. Totally. Mexican is, you know, spicy sauces. Like yeah. Cajun, I'm going Cajun food, spicy seasoning, hot sauce, the the, the typical hot sauces, Tabasco, things like that. Yeah. I I want it to have a little Tabasco. kick to it. I do too, and I have to say, yeah, the the vinegariness of like Tabasco-y kind of when you put it into like Cajun food or soul food like that, I think is my best is my favorite delivery system of heat is yes. like getting into that hot sauce. That's my favorite type of food. Oh, so like good. southern food, I'm from Mississippi originally. Southern food and soul food and New Orleans Cajun food and yeah. stuff like that's my favorite type of food. Oh, Cuz it has so many influences food. from everybody else, you know. Yes, yes. Like, and but, also like I mean again, I feel like I've said this before and it's it's I'm not saying anything it hasn't been said a billion times already, but there like the food that is made by the working class person or the mm-hmm. immigrant is the best food. Yes. Like it just is. You know what I mean? I would so much rather eat like like soul food. And I mean that in the n- not just soul food, but like the soul food of a people yeah. from wherever they come. Mm-hmm. That's just going to taste. It just always tastes better. And then I sit down at a fancy good. restaurant. I'm like, I get it. But like a lot of the time now, it feels like restaurants are just doing their elevated take on a classic, like, quote-unquote, peasant food. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's where you learn to cook with flavors and stuff. That's been happening forever. I just I just learned a story recently with, um, so in the South, where I'm from, we have dirty rice, but there's also certain people call it rice dressing. Uh-huh. And so, you know, do you know the difference between those two? No, no, no. I've heard both, but I thought they were interchangeable. Yeah, so they're, they are and they're not. People okay. nowadays use them as interchangeable, but they are two different things, and here's why. Rice dressing was, it, it, it. they both come from like slavery times where it's like, you know, people in the big house wanted different food than what the slaves in the slave quarters were eating. Right. So, but then they tasted the slave quarter stuff mm-hmm. and they were like, surprise, surprise. I want that. So <laughs> like basically rice dressing is used with like the good parts of chicken and pig and and beef and stuff like that. And dirty rice is used with the giblets. The scrap. The yeah, scrap. Like, yeah, yeah. And so, but then people tried it and they go, no, that's, uh-huh. that's better. Like, let's make that recipe. Like yeah. they would, and they go, well, we don't want to call it dirty rice up here. Like that's for them. So we call it rice dressing. Like, Got and it. so that is why that term is used 
mm-hmm. for, for both both interchangeably now. I got it. But I got it. We grew up saying dirty rights because that's what Popeyes called it when it was. Sure. A- yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, uh, were you? And I know you're from Mississippi, but I I wasn't sure. I may and I may not know this. How long you lived there? Like, did you grow up there, like, through high school years? No, no. You didn't, did you? I I, moved, I lived in L.A. during high school. So I moved to I moved to L.A. when I was eight years old. My mom came out a couple years before that, and I was still home with my grandma. But she started to get uh, dementia, and so mm-hmm. I had to come out to L.A. And so I – but I, I went back every year, and uh, I, I think I went back – I went back for the full summer every year until I got oh, to nice. high school because that's when I started playing football and summer practice – that's why I had to be here. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <clears throat> but you were going from like relatively not insane heat with no, almost no humidity going into a Mississippi summer. That's a little moist. I love it. It's yeah. my it's my favorite. Like I was in D.C. last week and it is it was so humid there. And yeah. I'm just like, it's just good for the skin. It feels good. I'm you not got a shower and you got to put no lotion on. I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to yeah. disagree with that. It's a, You have to adapt to it. Yeah. And I will say, as a woman, the thing that uh, comes off first, it turns out, if I mean if I mean to be outside most of the day, which I like walking everywhere, especially if I'm in a city I don't live in, mm-hmm. um, I got to take that bra off. Yeah. That is where it gets you, is yeah. like, it traps that moisture to where you're basically wearing a bathing suit, and then it's just sort of inviting like fungus to yeah. grow. That's, that's, I had to learn that. The hard way many years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, but I like it, too. I like it, too. There is a sense of, like, man, I'm sweating everything out right now. Yeah. And yeah. it feels real good. And you it's feel... good for my skin. And, like, yeah. 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 You don't and have it's to good to eat spicy on. foods in that situation, too. Yes. Yes. And that air conditioner, that hotel air conditioner hits so different when you're coming out of that humid heat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here sweating right now. It's hot outside. And, yeah. And uh, I turned the AC off to do this. Same, and, same. Uh, turn same. We'll see. You'll see. You'll see me start to sort of. I'll get shorter as I begin <laughs> to kind of wilt in this uh, in this heat. But um, well, that's very cool. I, I want to say, as a person who's uh, had, I guess, three out of four grandparents have some form of dementia, and my mom had dementia, um, that I am sorry that that happened. And you were so young, and I was your age when my grandfather, my first grandparent, had it. Um, how was that? Like, not to get into like heavy shit because this won't last, and we'll get into your high school years. But oh, yeah. um, like that's Wait, hard. Like, did like who tough. eyeballed that? Like, were you <clears throat> feeling it? Were you feeling like something's going on? But I'm a kid, and I'm not sure what it is yet. Yes, kind of? yes, because yeah. she was still raising me. Yeah, and so there used there were these moments where because my mom was here, you know, trying to do her acting thing, like so many of our friends uh, have come, like done. And she, and my grandma was able to, she, my grandma was like, put the foot down. You're not taking him. Yeah. Like when my mom, first, cause my mom had me really young. My mom had me in high school. Yep. So she went to college. She got her degree, came, came back home to the coast to work, uh, some jobs and save up money to move to LA. And then it was time for her to come out here. And my mom was, and my grandma was like, I'll be damned if you think you're taking him to LA. Like you can go yeah. out there and you, you know, you get your, get yourself right. But he's staying here. And so I probably was going to stay there a lot longer, but then I would say when I was around seven, so this is 1996, seven, eight years old, 96, 97, my, uh, 
Grandma started to show these weird stuff. My grandma like was never late to pick me up from school. She was always the first parent out there. When I would walk out of the elementary school and, and they, they, they would release the kids who were getting picked up by the parents because they released all the kids at different times. So, like the walkers got to go right. and then the bus kids got to go. And then it's like if your parents are picking you up, now you go out to the front. My grandma was always there, that white Cadillac parked to the side, and I would just go run and get in the car. And then I remember one day she didn't show up. Mm. And so it was like, that's weird. Like, that's weird. Yeah. And so the school, of course, I'm I'm waiting outside and school got out at like two o'clock. And at this point, it's like two forty five, like three. And so I was like, that's so weird. Like, what? Mm. Where is she at? So, of course, the school calls my grandma and she's like panicked. Like, oh, Lord, I forgot. I'm sorry. I'll be down there in, in five minutes. She lived around the corner. And and so it was she lived really close and she like panicked and she was like, you know, you could tell she was scared. Yes, she's like, yes. what is happening? Like, of course. Yes. And then all of a sudden she started like showing weird, like she would just get into these, she would have dreams hmm. that she thought were real. Hmm. So like, I remember one time and it's kind of funny, but it's also sad. But Which like, is life. yeah, <laughs> my cousin came over and my grandma had dreamed that my cousin had stolen something from her. Oh, and so she like chased her out of the house with a broom. And was like, get out, yep. get out, you don't, you don't come to my house stealing her. And it was like, what? She, and my cousin was like, they, they call her mother. Like, she's the yeah. she's my great grandma, so she's everybody's grandma. Yeah. And uh, my cousin, was, who's like my older cousin, she's like 10 years older than me. She's like a big sister. She was like, ma, because in the South, they shorten mother to ma. Yeah. And she's like, ma, what's wrong? What's wrong? Ma, what are you talking about? I ain't been over here. I ain't been. Uh, and, oh. and, then, and then I remember also my grandma went from driving extremely slow uh -huh. to extremely fast oh, no. and we had to take the keys we had yep. like she would just be barreling down our uh, residential street going like 50 yeah in a, in a 25 oh no and didn't know she was doing it oh, and so then i'm i came like they put me on a plane i came to la and they just told me that you're going to visit your mom for the summer and i was like great like i'm gonna go to california like we didn't just call it L.A. We called the whole thing California. Yep. <laughs> She's like, uh, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to California. This is going to be great. I'm I'm like, I'm going to go visit for the summer. And they was packing so much stuff. And my grandma was crying. And I'm like, grandma, I'm going I'm to be back. Like, what is what is the problem? Like, And they were packing all of my toys. And my grandma kept like one box. She said, no, this stay in here. You, this this going to stay here. And I'm like, well, I want to I want to take that. Like, that's one of my favorite toys. And she's like, no, this one's staying here. But you can take that and take that. And so we're packing my toys. And but I'm not quite getting it. And then my yeah. auntie is over to the house also helping because she's going to drive us. She stayed the night at the house that night because she was going to drive us to the airport in New Orleans at like five o'clock in the morning because my flight yeah. was at like seven or something. And so we and my grandma's being weird. And my mom's calling and she's like, y'all packed, y'all this, y'all getting this. And my grandma's being snappy with my mom. And like it was it was this moment that I'm just now I look back on it as an adult. Like, oh, that was my grandma being like. I can't take care of him anymore yes. and I got to send him to LA. Yeah. And I did not know that I was going to stay here and yeah. I stayed and I was happy to be here for the summer and yeah. I met my mom's friends and they were all really nice to me and they all like, and I was, you know, I got to go around. We went to universal studios and we went on the, the, the how the starlight tours where we see celebrity houses. Oh yeah. I, I ate Roscoe's and everything. And then the summer end, there was some kids in the apartment building that we lived in. So I made friends with them and I was like, man, you know, I'm telling them like, well, I'm going back home. Like you guys. And then all of a sudden they're like, 
you're coming to school with us tomorrow. And my mom, because <laughs> my mom was like, I was like, what? I'm not coming to school with y'all. I go to Central Elementary School in Pasadena, <laughs> Mississippi. What are you talking about? And oh, no. that next day, my mom got like got me up and enrolled me in school. And I was like, I was like a LA kid at that point. Wow. And I, w- I went back the next summer before my grandma had gotten too bad, but that's when things had got a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. And then the next summer after that, I went back and my mom came too because that was her high school reunion. And mm-hmm. so she came down and then we only stayed for a couple of weeks, which I was like, I want to stay longer. And But we only stayed for a couple of weeks. And then that next summer, the summer of 2001, I went home and we pulled in. We saw my grandma and my grandma was like a, a larger woman, like and when we saw her walking down the street, we were driving on our street and we saw her walking down the street and we like, we looked and we were like, why is that? Who is that woman? Like mm. she had lost so much weight. She was so thin because yep. she was forgetting to eat. Yep. And people down there weren't like, we were so mad. My mom was, my mom was livid because my aunties and cousins and stuff were not checking on her because they got yeah. tired of her kind of snapping at them and and yeah. being but she was going through something. And I also yeah. think my my auntie who's, you know, that was my mom, my her mom, like I think she yeah. was like not able to accept that her mother was 100%. Yeah. And so she kind of just wanted to keep it out of sight out of mind and uh but we were like what happened? Like she lost she had lost so much weight and I stayed down there and I and my mom trusted me with taking care of her that whole summer. Because it was bad, but we didn't yeah. have, we didn't want to put her in a home just yet. Yeah. So I stayed down there. I took care of her. The house was extremely hot. And it was like, you can't be in this house. It's a hundred degrees outside with a hundred percent humidity. Yeah. We have to get AC. And I remember calling the AC guy and setting that up, going in the, in the phone book and calling the AC guy. It turns out he had went to high school with my mom and he was like, wait a minute, I know this lady and I know you, I know your dad, I know your mom, but we went to high yeah. school together. And so at the end I got my mom's, my grandma's checkbook. And I'm like about to pay him. And he's like, no, you're not paying for this. Like you're taking care of your grandma. You're doing a good job. And so that was the summer I learned to drive when I was 12 years old. <laughs> and then I, I, Were you I, in the uh, white Cadillac. I was in the white Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a mom, pretty sweet I, piece of business to get oh, yeah. to learn on. It's super safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it drove so car. smooth. So yeah. smooth. And we lived across the street. My grandma's house is across the street from like a bank, a big bank. So I had a big parking lot. And so I would just, oh, we yeah. would go over there and I would just drive it around the parking lot, just getting used to like pushing the brakes on time and stuff like that. So that's yeah. when I learned to drive that summer. And I, I spent a lot of time with my cousins and family and stuff. And I was just like, grandma is like, she's in a bad place. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night and she would be gone. So I would have to go outside and figure out where she was. And luckily she wouldn't have gone too far. I would see her and get her back. And she's like, I was looking for you. I thought you was at the swimming pool or something. Yeah. I said, grandma, it's three o'clock in the morning. Like, what do yeah. you mean you were looking for me? And so that was tough. And I called my mom. I was like, mom, she's got to come back out here with us. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, we we can't leave her here. We, we either got to put her in a, in a home situation or she's got to come back to L.A. So my mom bought her to L.A. and we kept her for like a good six months. But my mom just kind of ran out of money. And yeah. what's crazy is that was yeah. around the time of the last SAG strike. Yeah. So my mom wasn't working. Yeah. And so she had to get like a real job and everything. And and my little brother is like two and I'm 12 and uh, I'm starting the seventh grade and we got my grandma and, and it was nerve nerve wracking because my mom would leave to go to work. We didn't want her to leave the house in L.A. because she doesn't she doesn't know anything about where she's at. Of course. And so that was tough. So 
we kept her for about six or seven months, and then we had to put her in a nursing home. Yeah. And that was when, and she, that's kind of where she stayed. She lived another, from then, she lived another 11 years. Oh, wow. She, okay. Yeah, she, she that's passed, good. She passed away in 2012. Did she find community there? Was she, did she have buddies and stuff? At she the, did. At the she did, but her health got increasingly bad, yeah. worse over the years. It's so. hard. Dementia is like, it really gets in there in ways you don't think it's going to, like in all the other ways that like you feel like it's unrelated because it seems like that's all up here, but just the whole way the body works as a whole is like, yeah. it's so interconnected. Yeah. Cause oh, her, her arm, I remember seeing her when I was older and this, this was like the one thing that I'm not, I'm not much of a crier, but seeing her in that home would always just get me immediately. And yeah. she, her arm had atrophy and I was mm. like, why, why did that happen? Like, but that comes with that disease. Like, just like yeah. you just said, like it's all yeah. body thing. What a little grown-up, you 12-year-old. I had to be. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> when you came be. back that from that sum, like when you did end up coming back, was your mom like, damn, look at my man. Uh, <laughs> like you had, or, or, or is it like your family member still brings out the kid in you, like the person that they know you to be, and you're like, well, that's what yeah. they're going to see, and that's probably how I'm going to act. Yeah. And then also my, my, my mom, like she trusted me. She knew yeah. I could, she knew I could be. She knew I could handle it, and yeah. I think I think at that age, because she she's mentioned this, like even talking to my brother, she'll like ask me to do something, and I'm like, my brother's right there, just get him to do it, and uh-huh. she's like, he's not you. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, where was he in all this? He was he was here. He's he's born he's born and raised L.A. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Ten years got younger, it, so than he's, younger than me. He's 24 gotcha. now. Yeah, got it. Yeah, well. You're the at least it's at least it's not the other way around where he's the young one and he and she thinks he's the dependable one and you have yeah. to be like what am <laughs> yeah. I yeah hey hello yeah when okay so and did you get the acting bug from her like early on did you feel like an interest there or did that develop later yes and no I, I w- I'd like to say that it's always kind of been there because of her for for sure because of her but yeah. I fought it because yeah. I, I I witnessed that struggle and I was just like I will never do this like yeah. it's unreliable it's unrealistic and i was a little kid and i i wanted things that my friends had and, yeah. and I, we couldn't afford it because my mom was a struggling actor and i'm like just go get a job please like and she's like no i gotta be available for this this is what we came here for this movie and so that was get that would get frustrating and then on top of grandma being sick i was just like can we just go home like can we just go back and uh, i love it here now of course like once i got to high sure. school and i kind of found my voice yeah. The, the first version of that voice, I was like, eh, "L.A.'s home." Like, yeah. and but I did it a little bit when I was a kid and enjoyed it. But the the other kids on set were always real weird. Like, so <laughs> like the, the actor kids were strange. Like they just weren't yeah. kids. They, they yeah. I wanted to play Power Rangers and stuff, and they were talking about you know calling their agents, and uh-huh. I didn't get paid for this. I, I got an audition for this and that, and it's just like I don't want to be around these kids. But I always yeah. was a was a bit of a clown. Like I found a comedic voice pretty early on. I think it was how I you know fit in with my new lifestyle of being in L.A. and and yeah. the kids the kids were just faster out here. Like I wasn't exposed to so much in Mississippi. Yeah, and I came here and I came here you know in a third fourth grade. And these kids were just mature. They yeah. were they were much faster than me. So I think I learned to make them laugh as a way to kind of fit in. And yeah, so, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Did you? Uh, so you were were you in Southern Mississippi? Like you were? You said you were going down to to New Orleans to get the 
the plane up. So where where yeah. in Mississippi were you? The Gulf Coast. So yeah, got uh, it. Down in, in a town called Pascagoula, which is it's like right near Bil- Biloxi, Gulfport. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you go to Tig's wedding? No, I didn't oh, go okay. to Tig's wedding. <laughs> right, but like, because no. that, yeah. that, that was in yeah. past Christian, so it's down there. Yeah, like it's down there on the beach. So we yeah. New Orleans. The nearest Gulf, the nearest airport is Gulfport, Biloxi, Gulfport. but it's yeah. that's expensive. That's like flying out of Burbank, so it's more mm-hmm. convenient, but mm-hmm. it's it's more expensive. And yeah. so to get the normal price ticket, you go over to New Orleans, and it's like an hour and forty five minute drive. Yeah, which still not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. Um. And then, so, okay, so you were, you started school when you were, like, like what grade did you, when you, so you said third or fourth graders? Fourth so you were like yeah. third or fourth, fourth grade, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I felt that way, being from Tucson, I think I felt that way coming out, because my dad had friends that he, um, we would visit in the summer out here, um, and they were like, they lived in La Cañada, and I think they were sort of sheltered, like they mm-hmm. had a pretty sheltered upbringing their parents were teachers but they're also like christian and i think they were pretty close in their community and stuff which my dad's an atheist i say so i pointed out because my dad always used to tease me because i would like hang out with them for a couple of days and then i would come home singing these like kid praise songs like yeah. kid jesus songs my dad would be like no 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 <laughs> that's not, not what we doing do. that yeah <laughs> that's not what we do um but yeah i mean it really the feeling of like and just what you described about being like, you know, th- when you come to visit California, like when people come to visit, you know, would come to visit me in Tucson, I would be like, all right, we're going to have all my favorite tacos, my favorite chimichangas. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go out to old Tucson where they sometimes film like the occasional Western. And that's about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll like go to the d- desert museum and look at tortoises and like look at saguaros. And that's what you got. But the idea of like, you know, there's just a lot of glitz and glamour to coming to visit someone in L.A. Like you're saying, like, you you know, you go on a star tour, you can go to Universal Studios like that has a totally different feeling, especially if in your mind you're like, oh, I got to suck all this up because, of course, I'm going to go back home. Yeah. And then to have that immediately translated to like, I almost feel like you put on a different set of glasses the moment your mom says Okay, now I'm going to enroll you in school. Oh, yeah. I immediately like, hated oh, it. Oh, I got to put on the LA gla- the real LA glasses now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, this isn't Universal Studios. I immediately hated it. I defied yeah. it. I was so upset. I wanted to go home at every chance I got. And, you know, now I know. Like, my mom was just doing her best. But, like, I immediately was like, I hate this. I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, we didn't have it. You know, we were poor. So we, we lived in the hood. And I, I had a lot of rules and restrictions, whereas in Mississippi, me and my friends would get out on our bikes at 8 o'clock in the morning and not come home until dinner. Absolutely. And just like just be roaming around the city, going fishing down at the at the dock, going all the way to where we shouldn't have been, like in the other town over, uh-huh. riding our bikes on the highway. Like yeah. we just did everything. And we were safe. Yeah. And then I moved to L.A. and we live in these bad neighborhoods and I, I can't go anywhere. I can't walk to the store because my mom is nervous. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like I didn't get a chance to get those opportunities until I was older. And so I I, I resented it here. I resented yeah. it. And then one the last time I went home for the summer was we had a three-week break for football season. We had a three-week break in the summertime between – like conditioning practice where we're not wearing pads to when we come back in what is called hell week. 
Mm-hmm. And Hell Week is the first week you in pads, but you're still doing the same amount of conditioning. And it's Hell Week because it's very dangerous and you got it. That's the first week you go live, what we <sighs> call going live. And yeah. so uh, I had a three-week break and I was just like, uh, my mom was like, well, do you want to go home for three weeks? And I go, yes. Yeah, I want to go. This is my, going into my sophomore year. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want to go home. And I went home. And I was staying with my cousin because my grandma was already in the home at that point. I was staying with my cousin and also going back and forth and staying at my other grandma's house, my my dad's mom. I was staying at her house and I was like, I think I want to stay. And, I, and I'm old enough to kind of make that decision mm-hmm. now and convince my family. Because they also, you know how families are when you move to, to L.A. They're like, yeah, well, you know, eventually you're going to come back home. This is home. Yeah, yeah. And it's like. No, this is home now. Like it's it's, it's weird to say, but they yeah. they don't believe it until they yeah. see it. Yeah. And so, and even when they see it, they're still like, "Wow, that was real cool." When are you coming back home? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, I we I went home and I was like, I convinced my my dad and my cousins to talk to my mom because I told my mom, I was like, "Mom, I want to stay. I want to come back down here." Grandma uh, Momo, who is my dad's mom, was like, "I can stay. I can stay here." And I want to come back. And she was like, no, absolutely not. And she wouldn't give me a reason. She just was like, no, you're not doing that. Mm. I, I still don't know why she didn't. Because she, mm. she didn't tell me, oh, I, I, like, I, don't want you, I want you here with me. Like, she wouldn't right. say that. She just was like, right. no, no. The answer is no. And then finally, my dad and my grandma and my cousins convinced her to let me stay. And so I enrolled in the high school that I would have gone to, Pascagoula High School, if I, and I started playing football there. Hmm. And when I got to that school that first semester, I realized, oh, like, home is not what I remember it as. Hmm. God, that's such an interesting, talk about caught between two places. That's really, yeah. 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 I left, I left at such an early age and, you know, kind of got my, my sea legs here in LA and, and, you know, like I said, got fast, learned to catch up, uh, had my friends, had my base. And I go back down there and people are thinking I'm weird and my accent ain't as strong as it used to be. And they think, you know, they, you know, people are a little bit different in, in the deep South. And so I just was kind of like, now I'm unhappy here, but I don't want to tuck my tail between my legs and call my mom and go say, I told you so, but I wasn't really getting along with my grandma and my other cousin was living there and, that there was some tension there and I was just like <sighs> I was watching music videos and this this song called Take Me Home by Terror Squad Fat Joe came on and they filmed the episode on Crenshaw and like in LA in the in the scenic overlook at Ladera Heights and I started thinking about my friends at school and how much of a fun year we had freshman year and how they're all back at that school and I I just this is like right before Christmas break and I was like ah I think I miss LA and I was like wow it finally happened it finally got me my my mom's gonna say I told you so so I call her and I'm like ma I want to come home but I want to go back to the the high school I was going to I went to Hamilton High School Academy of Music in West LA and I was like, I want to go back there because because she had at that point she had moved to Pasadena and and the commute mm. was crazy, and so I was gonna have to go to school out there and I didn't want to go to school out there. That's the school that I was practicing football for that I was gonna have to go back to, and I was like, I don't want to go to that school. So I called her, I told her, and she goes, Okay, I'll see what I can do. And turns out she had just signed a lease on a place in the in the area of my high school, 
Oh, really? And, yeah. And I was able oh, to get my amazing. spot back because the, the, the music program is a magnet program. Yep. And so I was able to get my spot back in the magnet program, the spot that I gave up to move away. Yeah. I was I was able to get that spot back. I came back home. I packed up, came back to L.A., walked in, walked into school that first day of second semester. And everybody was like, oh, he's back. He's back. Like and it was I was like, I'm home. And then from that moment on, that, that was like the moment where just like you yeah. just said, the L.A. glasses I had to switch to. They yeah. were not rose colored. They yeah. were yeah. Like it was, I did not like it here. And then in that moment, when I came back to school and everybody was so excited to see me and these people who I had made such close friends with that I took for granted all those years through middle school, early high school, like these people that I was just like, yeah, these are my LA friends, but I'm going back to Mississippi. You you didn't know you were, I mean, that's what's so, I mean, I'm so glad I never had to make the decision that your mom and your, your family had to make about what you tell a kid, because I fully understand why they thought it would be easier for you to go think you were coming back and then you would love it there and your mom would be there. And then when time came for them to tell you, like, you're going to stick around, you're going to enroll in school, that you'd be like, actually, I'm cool with this. Like, that feels like it's going to be the more hopefully organic version versus they tell you you're moving there. You're going to walk in there showing up pissed and scared. So I 100% get it. And I probably would make that same decision. But at the same time, you never chose L.A. No. And you didn't. You never got to say goodbye to Mississippi. So of course you're going to hang on to. It's like you finally got to be in on the decision yeah. for you to move to LA. Yes. And yeah. that's when you mm-hmm. finally got to say, like, this is my LA. This is my choice. You know what I mean? Because yeah. otherwise, you would keep. I don't. Of course, you would keep that in your heart, like through those years. I. That's a huge. That just puts a huge taint on. You know, everything. And like I said, I don't blame them for doing that because I probably would have done the exact same thing. But it's just hard because as a kid, yeah. you're like in the back of your mind. You're like, I mean, not that I chose to be here, but, you know. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. was I was fooled. I was tricked. I was tricked. <laughs> I mean, I was tricked into I having these tricked. friends. All yeah. of these friends are a result of a trick. So yeah. <laughs> are they really my friends? It's exactly. Like, yeah. You got to come back and, and decide that it was it was yours and it belonged to you in some kind of different way. Yeah. What was the music that you were doing as uh, as part of the magnet uh, program? I was in jazz band. I played the saxophone. Nice. I played Damn. second tenor sax, nice. and uh, I played baritone sax in the Wind Symphony and Wind Ensemble, and uh, did electronic music. So not uh, industrial music, not industrial, but electronic. Yeah, just produce cool. music production basically. Yeah, and that's very cool. learn how to do that back then. What's so crazy is like now all that stuff that we learned on you know 15 years ago is uh, is obsolete. So (laughs) until somehow somebody's going to be like, and then I realized as I dusted off my old mixer or like as I brought out my synthesizer from the 80s, (laughs) all the the best beats are coming off that synthesizer now. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to use that that set of tools now. Um, Yeah, I never I, I played like guitar in i was went to a public magnet school that was also like arts magnet school and i when you're a latchkey kid you do an extended day program where your regular school ends and then you take two more classes mm. and then you take the bus back at dark when mm-hmm. your parents are finally home um and so i t- i was in like a guitar uh cl- like a classical guitar class um but i never did like the band or the choir or the orchestra where like everybody's 
like really making a thing together, um, which I got from doing theater, you know, because because I got to do plays in the cafeteria and whatever. But uh, but I kind of miss like I, I feel like I kind of missed out on that, like, you know, rehearsing with the full orchestra or the full jazz band or whatever. I feel like I would have liked that. I would have yeah. liked that. You it know? was fun. It was fun. That I, I had my band friends, and I was also an athlete. So like, I lived the best of both worlds. I had all the nerdy music uh, kids yep. and the jocks. So I, I yeah. got to float around the whole school. And at that point, you were squarely like no, acting. No, yeah, I, did. I, st- my mom I wasn't. Does it. Like I'm not I, I wasn't. It. Yeah, I wasn't. But I was known around the school for being a clown. Like yeah. for sure. Yeah, but that's uh, fun <laughs> when you're when you get to be the clown again. It's like by choice. Yeah, it's like yeah, I get to be. Yeah, it's, I don't want to say big fish in a little pond because it's not so much that, but it's just like the permission to naturally be the funny one without everyone thinking that you're showing off. Like, exactly. Because you're a performer, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. It yeah. was not, it was never that. It was always, it was always a natural performance thing. And I, and I fought it. Like, it's so funny you say that because that's what, that's what always held me back from even trying to do comedy in the beginning was caring about what people think which is one of the biggest banes of my existence that I try to work on, but it's so hard. But like, I was so nervous that this jumping past high school, I played basketball in college for a year. We all got cut. I came back home. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I remembered I could make money doing background. Like when I, when I was a kid and I was like, Oh, that's an easy job that I could have tomorrow. Instead of like, you know, I'm applying for grocery stores and having to do that, dang on survey the neutral positive negative oh, God, yeah. yeah you know yeah. doing that stupid yeah. thing applying to work at the t-mobile store applying like doing all putting these applications in and i'm like why don't i just like i could do i could sign up for central casting tomorrow yeah and i started doing that and i was like this sucks as an adult it used to be kind of fun as a kid <laughs> totally this is terrible as an adult they treat you like garbage and so I was like, I gotta, I gotta figure out another way to like, but I, but I, the bug started to bite me a little bit more, like where it's yeah. like, because you, you're still around it, you still see, even though you're being treated like shit, you still see like the camaraderie amongst the crew and yeah, yeah, yeah. being on set, and I was like a regular on shows, so like we, we worked with the same people every day, so they started yep. to treat us a little bit nicer because they actually could recognize us, yes. and so I'm like, but I, I'm watching these people, and I'm like, it's funny because I'm friends with one of the guys now, uh, but I was on the show Greek. And I'm watching these uh-huh. guys, and I'm like, these, I could do that. Like, I've been, I've been around acting since I was a kid. I'm, it's in my blood. It's, and that's when it started to kind of like be like, maybe is that the career? Like, should I start trying to find comedy stuff? And so I started secretly doing open mics as a stand-up. Okay. wasn't telling nobody. wasn't telling friends. They would just be like, Carl, why are you like, hey, we about to go here. We about to go do this. Oh, I can't tonight. Man, where you at? What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Yeah. My mom said I got like your mom said, you're 19. <laughs> and like, and so, so like I'm doing these secret, I'm not I'm definitely not telling my mom, and, and I'm not I'm just like taking the bus up to like the comedy store and Damn. doing these, doing these, but I'm not really loving stand-up. Now I, I've loved comedy my whole life. It's always been something that I have loved to do, love to like watch and participate in and everything. But I, I didn't want Again, I didn't want that I told you so from my mom, and I didn't want my friends to be like, what? Man, you ain't funny. Like, And that's exactly what they did. As soon as I told them, <laughs> as soon as they were like, why do you keep disappearing? And I'm like, all right, I've been going doing stand-up, open mics. And they're like, man, you ain't funny. 
And that was the that was the era of like Cat Williams and Kevin Hart. That was when they were like breaking out and they had like a bunch yeah. of specials. Like, you think you Cat? Well, you ain't Cat Williams. You ain't gonna be funny as Cat Williams. You ain't gonna be funny as Kevin Hart. And I go, man, everybody had to start somewhere. Yeah. Like, I'm just starting. I'm 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 starting out. I didn't like it. I would abandon my jokes pretty quickly and start making making stuff up, trying to get the mm-hmm. audience to laugh. And like, oh, man, I got I got another minute. I got another thirty seconds or whatever. Let me try to make up something. And then an old comedian like. I forget who this guy was. He was another dude doing open mics. And he was like, do you, do you do improv as well? And I go, no, what is that? And he's like, you know, like, like whose line is it anyway? Like Wayne Brady. I was like, oh, oh, no. no I don't, <laughs> the only black man working in improv. Yeah, like, at that time. Yeah, throw yeah. out at you so it made some kind of sense. Yeah, and he was right. Because oh, I was no. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I what know. that is. And I, I like, know. My, t- my stomach did the flip of like. Oh Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, yeah. Yet, yes and no. It's yeah. it's it's uh yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, I didn't know anything. I didn't realize it, and I started looking up. That's when Wikipedia first came out, and I started looking up like, how did all these people get on SNL? How did they all make yeah. it? And Which I, is a good. That's a good comp. Like you know, that's where because at least there was and Mad TV. You know, yeah, that's Mad where TV, you're seeing SNL, some color. Yeah. yeah, and so I because I thought I didn't understand that there was a, a completely different art form. Call yeah. improv. I didn't. I had never heard of UCB, Second City, Groundlings. I had never heard of that. I stuff. hadn't either. And I think he, I even watched Who's Line Is It Anyway. Me too. And I, yeah. I don't know. It never occurred to me. If someone said like, "Hey, uh, what do those guys do to get on that show?" I'd be like, "I have no idea." Yeah, I've, I honestly have no like. I have no idea. They're actors and they audition for it. Exactly. And they just happen to be good at it, and that's it. Like, I thought everybody who got on SNL was a stand-up comedian. Cause yeah, fair. I, like you know the ones that you knew did stand up. Yeah, I just thought these other people were just stand ups that I didn't know. Yeah, and like I thought every I thought everybody was a stand. I thought that was the only form of comedy that you could do. And somebody told me about improv, and I started looking it up. And when I was on the Wikipedia's, I was like, Well, Will Ferrell came out of this Groundlings thing, and this person came out of Second City, and this person, and also this is a time where Hulu had just came out, and they had every episode of SNL ever mm. on Hulu, and so yeah. I started watching like the whole show. And, uh, and then you really see the Groundlings connection. And you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. And the second, early Second City connection. Because I like when I like find oh, sure. an interest in things, I'm immediately like, I want to know everything about it. So I went to the library, got books on the Second City, and did, and and I'm and I'm like, oh wow, this is all these people came out of here. Like those first, the, that first, you know, the first five seasons with the Gilda Radners and and Bill Murray and all these people, all these Second City people or the Lemmings play and everything, like all that stuff that I learned about them. I'm like, man, all these people. And then every decade, these people, even in the in the '80s with Tim Kazarinski and Robin Duke yeah. and all these people who are also from uh, from Second City. And I, and I went to the Groundlings website and I didn't recognize any of the names except like uh especially black people i was looking for black names on yeah, there sure and i recognized all the white people that had come through but i was like who are the black people and i saw phil lamar and danielle gaither yep and jordan black was on there too but i didn't know him at that time because he yeah. was a writer on snl but yeah. like uh phil is crazy because i know all three of these people now well and uh I love these folks yeah. yeah and uh and, and and I saw their names. I go, oh, I know those two from Mad TV. Like, that's cool. Okay, so they came out of Groundlings. Groundlings is like $200 more expensive than Second City. Yeah. I go to the Second City website. It's set up like a college brochure. Like, they got diversity everywhere. And at that time, Sam Richardson and Edgar Blackman were on stage and Christina Anthony. Yeah. Uh, they were on main stage at that time. Yep. And they and they had these outreach and development things. And I was like, well, that's, that's in Chicago. And they're like, no, they have one in L.A. too. And so... My birthday's coming up soon. I'm about to turn 21. I'm like 20 years old. 
And my mom's like, what do you want for your 21st birthday? And uh, I was like, I, I want to sign up for this class. I want to take this improv class. And, of course, my mom absolutely was like, I finally, I told you so. I was going to yeah. say, was that yeah. the first hint she got from you about all of this? Or had you come clean to her a little bit in some way before that? That it was really the first was time. Just like, that's amazing. Yeah, that was the first time. She was like, I knew about that. I knew. I was like, why you never told me? Like, why'd you, how do you say, oh yeah, I knew about Growlings. They, they, when I first moved here, they would tell us to take classes at Growlings and stuff like that. I was like, why have you never mentioned that? Like, yeah. and so I signed up for that class. I called that day and they were like, a class is opening up today. If you sign up now, you won't have to wait eight weeks. And I was like, all right, yeah, sign me up. Got my mom's credit card. She was like, if you don't keep this up, if you quit, you're going to pay me back. You're not yeah. going to like, you're going to pay me yeah. back if you quit. And I'm like, oh, I ain't going to quit. I ain't going to quit. But I also went with my mindset like, man, if this shit is weak, I'm quitting. <laughs> like, I was still a young, yeah. stupid kid. And and yeah. this was, you know, still trying to be <laughs> tough and hard. And I get there and I show up and they're doing these, like, group games that are like, uh, uh, all right, uh, 12 people over there in that corner, 12 people over there in that corner. All right, group one, group two, group three, group four. All right, group one, come out and make an A. Group two, come out and make a B. Like, so, like, I had to lay on the ground and, like, form the, the alphabet. And at first, I'm like, man, what type of shit is this? Like, and then I was like, Carl, none of your homeboys are here to roast yeah. you. Like, yeah. just just do it. Yeah. And I did. I threw caution to the wind. I threw my insecurity and the fear of being roasted to the wind. I was just like, you know what? And let's do it. And I, I did that first class and fell in love with it. Like Ugh, fell yeah. com- madly in love with it and, and haven't stopped since. God damn. That's a, that first, cl- those first classes are tough. I mean, you really, yeah. I mean, I came out of, I feel like, cause I always had a very apologetic relationship to acting in, in my way as well. Like even people, even though people around me were like, ah, oh, come on, like you're an actor. What are you doing? Yeah. But I was like, no. I, I'm not going to, I'll never make any money. Like it's, you're, you're the, the wrong things get focused on. If you try to make money doing it, like it ruins who you are, you know, yeah. you get, it plays up on all your insecurities and d- doing those first improv classes, it felt like every, it, you can look at it through the lens of like everything I was worried about was going to be true about this class is happening right now. Like yeah. you could, you definitely can go to that place and you do the first thing you have to do is just sort of like throw that away and be like I don't know like maybe this is something to get past and you get past it and then you're like am I in a cult because now I really don't mind yeah. this as much and like <laughs> now I'm the person that's like no take the class it's yeah. cool like <laughs> you'll be you'll find yourself like make that be when and where did you start with improv classes I started taking improv Right. I think I was like basically the same age as you. Um, I might have even been a year or two older, but up in San Francisco. Oh, OK. I went to Bats because that's what there was. That mm-hmm. was it. Um, but that's like short form. Um, just games, games, games. Um, but that was I was like so reluctant and, and so like, yeah, you know, I like doing plays in, in high school. And then like I didn't know what else to do in college. So I majored in theater. But I was like, I felt weird about it. Mm-hmm. And. I just didn't know what to do or who I was really. And I wanted to live in San Francisco. That's all I cared about. I was like, as long as I can live in San Francisco, I'll just figure out a way to make a living. That's fine. Um, And so it wasn't until like, you know, friends of mine that had met when I went to SF State, I was putting myself through school and they were like, 
you know, we want to do this, like, you should be doing sketch and, like, improv and stuff. There's a, there's an improv group here at the college. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I don't, <laughs> I love comedy, but, like, s- total same thing. Like, I like being, like, the funny one yeah. that isn't, that, that d- doesn't, there's no pressure. Oh. <laughs> there's no pressure. And no one is going to tell me, stop trying to do this. You're not funny, you fucking idiot. Yeah. There you was, know? that was my dream. My dream, my, in my mind, my dream was being the funniest dude at UPS. Yeah. Who yep. kills in the so in the in, in the uh, I totally was in the that break person. room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like worked a pottery barn and was like, I'm so funny. Yeah, everybody <laughs> I'm loves me. The funniest me. pottery barn employee you've ever had. Everybody wants to sit with me at lunch. Everybody yeah. wants to like I'm I'm I was just going to be that guy. Yeah. And I'm and then I told that to somebody and they were like, "Carl, that means you want to be a performer." <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't. Nah, because 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 to me, saying that yeah. I was a saying that I was a comedian, saying that yeah. I wanted to pursue comedy, it felt arrogant. It felt like cocky. It felt like, who do you think you are? You think you're funny? Who do you? And it's like, yeah. yeah, how dare you think you're funny? Even though everybody that you've ever come in contact with has been telling you you're funny since you were a child. Yeah. How dare you think you're funny? Yeah. And. So that's what I was afraid of. That's what I was afraid of, and it's crazy to even think about that now. Cause that, like, that's who I was just gonna be. I was gonna be the funny dude at UPS who was just doing my job, yep. and everybody on my route loves me, and I get the best yeah. Christmas gifts. I get Christmas bonus. Like yes. all of, everybody on my route gives me a Christmas card with twenty bucks in it. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, I totally. I mean, I could not really harder to that. And I'm also wondering too if like you carried that in with you when you were trying to kind of do the stand up stuff, like that there was that voice in your head that was like, "What am I doing?" Because that's I'm stand. I've never even like given any serious consideration to stand up. I feel like I've done you know. Like I've I've pretended to do stand up during an improv show and yeah. been like that wasn't so bad. Also, yeah. I was playing an old lady. What am yeah. I? Why would I? You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I but I think that I think I I felt a, I would feel a sense of apology. Like I don't know what I'm doing up here, you guys. Like yeah. I don't know. I think I would I would I would bail. I would bail. I would bail for the same kind of construct I had built about myself. I would bail at stand up. If I had tried to to do open mic and stuff, I think I would have just been like an improv would have been the only thing that would have I would have come out of that going like, I do like making stuff up when I have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to me that people think improv is harder because in my idea, the I the in my opinion, the idea of I I have a thought that's so funny that I'm going to write it down and and I'm going to work on it, work on it it, and I'm going to tell people I'm going to get up in front of an audience and they're all going to laugh at it. Hundreds of people yeah. are going to laugh at it. As opposed yeah. to, hey, y'all, welcome to the improv show where we come and throw a bunch of shit at the wall and we got a set of rules that help us do that. But for the most part, we're just up here bullshitting. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. let's, and everybody's going to laugh because there's like that safety net where everybody in the audience knows that you're making it up. Yes. They yes. know. They it know feels that- like magic. When it works perfectly, it feels like sorcery. And when it doesn't work, everyone understands that you're just making stuff up and it can't be perfect every time. Exactly. What I a feel wonderful like people, permission slip. People go to stand-up shows to be like, man, you better make me laugh. Yeah. This dude ain't funny. Man, you ain't funny, yeah. man. Like yes. People like that. But at improv shows, everybody's like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be yeah. stupid. A lot of people think improv's dumb. But yeah. then they come to the show and they go, wow, like that was actually pretty cool. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, I couldn't agree more. Okay, all right. Well, now I know we're the same person in in many ways, yeah. and then in many ways, not at all. Um, okay, and let me ask you this before I'm going to get into this mash game with you. Um, I feel like I could do this for 50 more hours. I yeah. cannot believe how long we've been talking. But um, before I do this mash game with you, um, what was your dating life like when you were in high school? Were you? It sounds like you were pretty busy. So were you like yeah, making time for that? Like what was happening there? Nah, in high school, I mean, I had. Uh, I had a girlfriend. I had one girlfriend. There was one girl who I liked throughout high school. This is going to be tough. I hope they don't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> well, we got a surprise for you. Oh, no. Unnamed person. Yeah. I should have waited till you at least sent someone's name. Yeah, no. <laughs> to pretend like they were here. That was I'm, bad on my part. I'm not going to say any names, but I will right. say, because uh, it could get back to them. Who knows? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> but there was a girl who I liked. She was a year older than me, so I met her freshman year through junior year, and I liked her. And then we kind of had a falling out, a weird falling out over some he said, she said stuff that wasn't true uh, from another, from a guy friend who had told her that I said something that I did mm-hmm. not say. And uh, she she was mad at me. And then she graduated and we kind of, she graduated and we were kind of on bad terms when she left the school. But during that time, while we were on bad terms, I met another girl during uh, track practice. Oh, hold on. So I had a girlfriend during basketball season who we were friends and we realized we liked each other and people were like, you know, so-and-so likes you. And then, oh man, she does. I like her too. And then we started seeing each other. And, but at the same time, there was another girl who liked me and me and her never became boyfriend and girlfriend, which I think bummed her out a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we, we remained like this, like off and on thing while I was still going out and, trying to hang out with other girls. Cause I feel like her relationship was kind of forced on me by hmm. like, she kind of like alienated me from the other girls. Like all the other girls mm-hmm. were like, no, I'm not talking to you. Cause so-and-so likes you. Right. Right, like, right. 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 And I liked her too, but I didn't want to like fully, I didn't want to commit to it. I didn't. Yeah. And so it, 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 it was dating wise. It wasn't like I was going on dates, but yeah. it was, you know, that, that school time stuff, you know, and then you yeah. hang out and, you all hugged up after school and, you know, you're getting caught by parents and stuff like mm-hmm, that. You know, mm-hmm. they come to they come to the basketball game and they get permission to stay after. And, you know, you make out at nighttime and stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you weren't taking anyone to a, a fine dining establishment. No, no. That was definitely not. I feel like the first time I ever sat down for like a dinner with someone was my prom date. And I was like, this feels weird. <laughs> yeah, we would go group dating. Is this dating. what grownups do? Yeah, we, you know everybody. The whole friend group goes to the movies, and you sit next yeah. to the person you like, and y'all might canoodle a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when I was, in, especially in junior high, like having friends who had siblings who were of the opposite sex was like so exciting. Like, oh my god, I'm going to sleep over at this at my friend's house, but then my friend has a brother, and they're gonna have friends there. Like, this oh, is yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this is insane. Um. All right. Okay. You know, there's a part of me that in the back of my mind, when you said that about that girl, like (laughs) there was a part of me that's like, good on you, girls. Like how loyal of you to not want to like mess them up for your friend who liked somebody. They're not like trying to step in and like, you know, crush their friend's spirit. But at the same time, if you weren't into it from the other perspective, it's like, well, it's not really very fair to Carl. (laughs) It wasn't that I wasn't fully into it. It was just like, don't tell me what to do. You know? Well, there you go. I kind of was like rebelling against the idea. Yeah. But then, you know, we, we were off and on a little bit for a, for a couple of years after high school, and then we both went our separate ways and 
kind of kind of we we're we're back we're back on Instagram friends now. So that's got the, it. Yeah. So basically, she was like, "Hey, you're just gonna come spend one day with me, like a summer, and uh, then you'll go back to your regular life." And yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the end of the summer came, and she was like, "And now we're boyfriend and girlfriend." You're like, I, "This has happened to me before." Yeah, yeah, yeah. With exactly. the city of Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. Back off. I'm <laughs> yes. gonna make my own choices. Wow, we just figured something. That's a that's a breakthrough right Big there. Now moment. I get it. Now Big I get why. Moment. Big moment. And again, again, unnamed person I'll, whose name I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura House. And I'm Annabelle Gerwich. And sometimes it feels like the whole world is a dumpster fire. Right? There's too much to worry about. That's why we make Tiny Victories. It's a 15-minute podcast where we celebrate our minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. And listeners call in, like Valerie, who found the perfect gift for her daughter's boyfriend, and Adam, who finally turned his couch cushion the right way. And little happinesses, like how birdsong helps your brain. That's science. So join us in not freaking out for 15 minutes a week. That's Tiny Victories with Annabelle and Laura, Mondays on Maximum Fun. Whew, it's a tiny victory just to make a network promo. Honestly. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? around a room of people do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person us too she's alexis b preston she's ella mcleod and we host comfort creatures the show where you can't talk about your pets too much animal trivia is our love language and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs tune into comfort creatures every thursday on maximum fun All right, let's do this mash game. Okay. Uh, I am going to start with uh, three. Now, look, I'd be the biggest asshole in the world if I tried to pretend like I was a sports fan. Um, I like college basketball, but uh, let me get from you. Uh, do you, do you still you follow sports? You enjoy sports? You enjoy I watching do. as a spectator and all that? Okay, absolutely. So, th- give me three teams that um, I'm going to magically in this alternate uh, universe give you season tickets for. Three teams. You can. We'll get you to the game by teleportation. Who cares? It doesn't matter where it is. So three my th- teams, my three season, favorite teams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so three, three teams. You want you, you're gonna go see every game. The Clippers, number one. Right. The New Orleans Saints, number two. And the LA Dodgers, number three. Okay. Uh, next one. Three movies that you can jump into, and you're just hanging in those movies. You're not reliving the plot. You're just enjoying that world that's kind of been built inside <laughs> these movies. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's a hard one. Because I don't watch enough movies. Let's go. Oh, you could do TV shows, too, if you have. Let's go uh, Family Guy. If we Great. can do TV shows. Uh, Michael Jordan, Air, the Air movie. Great. And uh, what's another movie that I really like? Uh, Blue Chips. Okay, cool. All right, let's do three performers. And they can be improvisers, but they don't necessarily have to be. It's like three performers that in this alternate universe, whether they are living or dead now, uh, somehow we're going to magically create this opportunity for you to get to perform with them in some capacity. I say Eddie Murphy. Nice. Okay. Uh, that would be so much fun to perform with him. I've, I've gotten lucky enough to perform with a lot of cool people. Uh, so Eddie Murphy. Um, who else? Carol Burnett. 
Eddie Murphy, Carol Burnett. I'm reading her book right now. Uh, and um, Martin Lawrence. Oh, there Martin we go. Lawrence. All right, Martin. Okay, got him. Okay, great. And then three foods that in this alternate universe we're making, you can have as much of as you want and zero ramifications. So you okay. can totally yeah. pick out on it. It's nothing. There's nothing bad about it. And it could also just be like a thing you don't get to have very often because you're not around it enough. This time yeah. we're going to be able to give it to you, snap of your fingers. Candy yams. Great. Uh Bluebell banana pudding ice cream. Oh, damn. You had to say that. That's all I want now. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's go with um, gumbo. Great, 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 great. Um, okay, let's go. Let's go crawfish and grits. Oh, great. Okay, great. All three of them can't be sweets. All right. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, next one, let's do three. This is romance. We got to have some romance. It's a mash game. Three people. I don't care if they're uh, characters from a book or a cartoon or a film, real, living, dead, whatever perfect age they are for you. Three that we're going to give you some romance or sexy times with. I'm not committing you to a lifetime with this person. Okay. <laughs> let's go uh, Selma Hayek. Yeah. And uh, who else? Oh, Eva Mendez. Yeah. And uh, who else I like? Who else am I been liking recently? There's this uh, <laughs> uh, ra- random Instagram girl I follow. Okay, random, inter- <laughs> yeah. random Instagram girl. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Random Instagram girl who for some reason pops up in my uh, in my uh-huh. in my algorithm, <laughs> and I she pops up in there because I know her uh, because I because I followed her. Okay, and great. I, and I do not know her in person. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love that we have a nameless person. Um, yes. That's a, variations on a theme. Okay. Uh, next category, three alternate universe jobs. Ooh. NBA player. Great. NF, NFL quarterback. And uh, what else would I want to be? I think I just want to be an athlete. Uh, so let's just say MLB great. pitcher. Great, great, great. Okay, three places in the world that we can teleport you to, uh, like a vacation home. New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. Miami, Florida. Great. Despite all of its shortcomings. And uh, what city is perfect, my friend? Yeah. What city is perfect? <laughs> Seattle, Washington. Okay. Final category. Let's us do three. Well, let's do like three skills, and I don't care if they're like supernatural or reality based, but three skills that we're gonna like give you downloaded into your brain matrix style that you wake up with tomorrow and you're just brilliant. Okay, fixing cars. Great. Being a doctor. Great. I love that. That's not that's not your alternate universe no. job. <laughs> it's a, a hobby. skill I have. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be an MLB uh, MLB pitcher who also can heal yes. people. Who knows what's it's wrong? Fantastic. With and Again, pressure's okay. off. Pressure's off. You don't have any pressure. You're just an amazing doctor, but you don't have to like make a living doing it. No one's yeah. going to sue you. Yeah. You're just a doctor for your friends. Yeah. Okay, great. They can come to my place and I can fix them up. Something's yeah. wrong with them. Uh, what yeah. else? So, so 105 mile per hour fastball. Amazing. Okay. Give me a number between one and 10. Seven. All right, I'm going to use that number to do some very rudimentary math uh, to come up with which one of each of these categories you're going to get for your 100% guaranteed MASH life. Um, Will you take this time to tell people... You can talk about about whatever you want. I guess we're not promoting anything that's, you know, something that has struck from the strike that we're on, but anything else 
um, that people where people can find you, all that kind of stuff. And listen, if you want to recommend something that you enjoyed that has nothing to do with anything you're on, that's also fine. Yeah, but yeah, we can't promote that thing I'm on. So uh, I will say, uh, follow me on Instagram at Damn It Carl D A M M I T C A R L, and you can listen to the Flagrant Ones podcast at the patreon.com slash the flagrant ones. And it is a basketball podcast. I host with two great guys. Hayes Davenport and Sean Clements. And I also will be starting a new podcast that is a football based podcast, a fantasy football based podcast coming up soon. What I'm going to host with two great comedians, Ryan Meharry and Greg Gallant. That one will be called foosballs. And, uh, I also have a gossip girl rewatch podcast. What is it's called XOXO Gossip Kings that I host with my best good friend and great comedian writer Lamar Woods, where we are watching every episode of Gossip Girl. Uh, I'm not promoting Gossip Girl; it's already off That's the right. air anyway. That's but, right. But <laughs> but we are we are just watching it and giving our thoughts because we thought it would be funny for two mid thirties black men to watch. And Gossip it Girl. is. <laughs> that was yeah. a very very strong idea. All right, that is wonderful. It takes us right to, and I, I just want you to know, I don't know how you're going to have time to do any of those things because you're very, very busy oh, in this wow. upcoming life that we've got going on. But it's okay. like a Spidey verse thing where you know you can check in with the other version of you that's doing this, so you can become that version of you. Great. Um, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your beautiful apartment in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, get, uh, get some of that beautiful city that has been through so much that I hope does not sink into the ocean like all of the other great places that are, of course, immediately falling victim to climate change. Yes. Um, it is such a beautiful, special place. Um, okay, so uh, apartment in New Orleans. Uh, you also have this uh, upcoming project with the great Carol Burnett. Cannot oh, wait to see what that is. Uh, but somehow you also have time to make sure uh, we get, we sort of teleport you to every Clippers game. So you're good on that front. Yet you yourself are an MLB pitcher. Nice. Who also can put those healing hands on somebody. Yeah, I'm a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hobby doctor. Hobby doctor. Um, <laughs> I want you to get very excited about that delicious Bluebell Banana Bliss because you can have it whenever you want. Uh, snap of your fingers, zero ramifications. Um, I love to imagine you feeding that to Eva Mendez on a <laughs> sexy summer night. Nice. That's pretty fantastic. Um, and I don't know why you would want to escape any of this, but if you do need a break, you could jump right into Blue Chips and just hang out with everybody in that crew. Yeah. So <laughs> not bad, my friend. Not bad at this all. This is looking pretty good. This is looking pretty damn good. And again, very busy. So, eat up on that. Uh, eat up on uh, on. Oh man, my God, I want some banana pudding. Okay, um, this is the end of the podcast. I do invite my friends. Uh, thanks to uh, our mutual friend Steve Agee, who told me I needed to call this Boys of Summer um, many years ago. I do invite people to sing a snippet of the Don Henley song "Boys of Summer" okay. if they know any of it, and if not. No pressure. Also, you could sing a snippet or uh, like uh, some lyrics to a song that makes you think of your enjoyment of summer. All right. I'll sing. I'll sing Boys of Summer. Great. Uh, I know a little bit. It goes. uh, 
I don't know the verse, but the hook. And, and I'm gonna get these lyrics wrong, and it's and it's cannot it's wait. Funny That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he said, and I you know I'm one of those people who doesn't know what the lyrics are, but I don't want to look it up. I just want to keep going what yeah. I hear. Yeah, so this, this That's is the best way to appreciate music. Yeah, this is this is a uh, not an elevator song, but like a song that you hear randomly at places when you go into like a bank or something. Great. Uh, I can see you, boys still shining in the sun. You got your yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunglasses <laughs> on, baby. I can feel you. My words for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, every one of those lyrics was just as good as the original. So yes. <laughs> I feel very comfortable. You got your hot cha That was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> you got your you hot cha yeah. Um Fantastic. Carl Tart, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I sure hope we get a chance to play in an improv s- scenario together sometime soon. I hope I so, too. Damn it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. <sighs> now and... we can both turn on the air conditioning, though. So Yeah. I'm about to that's take my a, shirt off a, and lay on my minor couch. upside. Great, great. Maybe I will too. We yeah. all know how I feel about bras. Exactly. Um, all right. All right, Thank my you. friend. Talk to you soon. Bye. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, number one. Good save kittens from trees. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.